0: It would be such a fearful thing to come to the pulpit without the Bible <laughs> And actually very dangerous So I didn't have my Bible with me So I got one from Pastor Roger And I didn't think I'm going to give it back to him ever <laughs> it's the most interesting looking Bible. I mean amazing all these notes and little pink papers and yellow papers and It's beautiful. Isn't it amazing when a man of God loves his Bible? It's beautiful. Yeah. I um I said in my prayer about this meeting to God, I said, "God, I have Nothing sensational to say, nothing dramatic, nothing impressive and, <laughs> and honestly right away, when I had said that the Holy Spirit has brought bible verses and and the Bible to my mind and and this is what I was thinking. With, the, with God, and, and I want to read here from John 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of man. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. And then, John 1, verse 12. But as many as received him, them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Which were born not of blood, not of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. We have a harvest celebration, missions celebration. And the word of God tells us that there are actually people who are lost. Why are people lost? Because not every human being that is on this planet is the child of God. This is a shocking fact. And most of the people in the world would not agree with that. They would say, well, that's not right. I mean, what is right in this world? Look around. That is not right. It's not fair. And millions and millions of people have the fear of death in their heart. They have the fear of the last judgment. They have a little hope that maybe on their own they could stand in the presence of God and make it. But it's a very little hope. And the Bible makes it very clear that on our own we, we, we cannot stand before God. We cannot come to him on our own. We need the Savior. And this harvest is all about the Savior. Missions is all about the Savior. It is very dramatic, actually. Very sensational. Because the mankind has deceived, been deceived to think that everything is okay or that everything will be okay. That's a deception. There are three things that characterize people, the mankind today. And I just want to mention them. Jesus mentioned them. And then I'm going to talk about something that we have received as an answer to those three things. The first thing, actually, I just traveled... um, from Dallas here this morning and you know airports can be really challenging and and <clears throat> especially if you cannot find your classes, your eye class reading classes and and then you're like like they're like an <laughs> old man like trying to and, and then the then the boarding passes nowadays. I don't understand anything what's written there, especially because I cannot see it. So so uh, then I'm there, and I'm so lost. There was a moment when I was so lost, and there was an Indian man there who was also lost. And we were lost together, but it didn't help. (laughs) But he was like, (laughs) he was holding his boarding pass, and I was holding my boarding pass. We were looking at one another. We had so much sympathy. Anyway, so uh, this is happening in the world, not just at the airports, but people really don't know what's going on. People don't know what they want. This is from Matthew 11. Jesus spoke about that, saying that, what do I compare this generation with? That they were like children who were sitting at the marketplace and they said, we want, we sang songs to you. You didn't sing, dance, whatever it says. And, and then you didn't mourn and so on. Like whatever they did, whatever we did, whatever God did, it was never Good. It was not what people wanted. And this is actually something that characterizes the human race. That people don't know what they want. I mean, including us. I mean, think about your sugar, sugar-free diet. Oh, I thought you are reducing your sugar. Well, I am, but I'm not so religious about it or something. <laughs> Oh, you are not religious anymore about it. Yeah, okay, that pink donut looks very good. Yeah. I mean, and I am sometimes on a sugar-free diet and sometimes I'm not. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Right? <laughs> yeah, what do I want? Do I want to be on a sugar-free diet or not? I don't know. The whole mankind—they don't know. Second thing is that people don't know what they're doing. I mean, it's very dramatic when Jesus said that—that on the cross, that Father forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. It's so obvious uh, when you—and airports are really. Some of us are spending a lot of time at the airports, and they are kind of interesting places to observe people and to see when the whole mankind walks by. and And people are people. I mean, we are very <laughs> humbled by the fact that we are people, and 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 we are so lost and so broken, and and don't really know what we want, and then we don't know what we are doing. Like during this. So called COVID time, you know, the mask and there are different, uh, flights where you have to have the mask and then other flights where you don't have to have the mask. And, and I noticed that <clears throat> on those flights where you had to have the mask, everybody was cheating. Everybody. You know, when the stewardess was not looking <laughs> and they became like policemen, like all of a sudden there's like, Uh, And everybody's cheating, yeah, (laughs) because uh, people don't know what they're doing. And after that, you know, after the flight, when people came out from the planes, you know, the masks were hanging from here. They were like, like you know. And I said, wow, we are so lost. We are so lost as people. We really need the Savior. And the last thing is that people don't know what they're talking about. It's obvious. I mean, now everybody has become a specialist on every subject. Because we have a resource where we can go to. We all know that. I'm not going to mention that name because I already mentioned it so many times and it sounds like I'm anti. I'm using it myself all the time, but you sound like a great specialist and, but a serious situation with Peter, the disciple who was instructing God what to do. Have you ever been in that place? Yeah, because we know better, we know better than God what to do with your life and what to do in this world and so on. And Peter is telling Jesus not to go to Jerusalem. And Jesus gives a very sharp answer, get thee behind me, Satan. Peter, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know who is talking through you. So if you have one person who doesn't know, what he wants, and he doesn't know what he is doing, and he doesn't know what he's talking about, that is still manageable if you have one person. But if you have two people, and they live together in the same house, and they don't know what they want, they don't know what they're doing, They don't know what they're talking about. That's like the, you know, World War III in your living room. It's a conflict. It's a misunderstanding. It's a catastrophe. That's why, and we say it very humbly, but it is biblical truth that as born-again believers, because of the Holy Spirit, we actually know what is going on. And this is what I want to talk about. I want to talk about the ministry of the Holy Spirit, not just generally in the world, but personally in our lives. And the first thing kind of against this idea that people don't know what they want, God gives in Philippians 2.13, it says that God works in you to will and to act. God works in you to will and to act. And it says, according to his purpose, right, later. But this is so amazing that the Holy Spirit actually gives us desires. The Holy Spirit gives us things to look for and visions and dreams. The Holy Spirit gives us. And there are moments when we just need to ask. Maybe I'm in a very confusing situation in my personal life. And I ask God, God, speak to me. And God speaks. Isn't that amazing? God really speaks. Or that we say, I cannot do it. God, you have to give, God, can you give me strength to do it? And God gives us strength to do it. When I uh, moved to Uzbekistan, to Samarkand, and and we have a beautiful church there and beautiful people. And we had an amazing team there that moved with me. But it was so odd because the society was a post-Soviet society. Everything was falling apart and nothing worked. And all of a sudden in this suburb area of Samarkand, which was by the shade of the of the chemical factory there, this group of foreigners moved in there. That's us. <laughs> it was like, who are these people? Like, like, are they spies? Why would the spies move to this kind of a place? <laughs> and, and in the beginning, when I moved there, nothing worked. Like, altogether, the infrastructure was gone and so on. So that's clear. I can stake that. But personally, for me to be there, I couldn't find a place to live i couldn 't just stand the smells i couldn 't stand the fact that everything was not straight i I come from Finland after all you know and 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 I was just really like you know just troubled by that because I loved the people people had invited me there. They came all the way to Kazakhstan to get me there. They said, We want you to be our pastor come and and I went, and I stayed. But then after I had stayed there for a couple of weeks, I understood I cannot live in this place. There's no way I could live here. And strangely, I mean, out of those, all those buildings that were falling apart, you know, I couldn't find one little place where I could rent as an apartment. I couldn't find a place. So I had to stay in the living room of the, of the family that was hosting the church. And, and in that living room, everything happened. It was like a train station, you know. And the family, (laughs) husband and wife, and that time two children, they stayed in one room. Then there's a little kitchen. And then there was this living room. That was for the youth meeting, for the video nights, for the Bible study, for the church service, for everything, sports activities, you know, everything. And I'm living there in that (laughs) midst of all that. And I couldn't take it. I was desperately looking for a place and I couldn't find a place. And then I came to that point when I prayed to God and God said I said to God, God, I c- I cannot live in this place. I cannot be here. Be here. I cannot live here. It's impossible. <clears throat> you either have to give me a very nice way to excuse Myself and leave so that people, these precious people, will not be offended, or you give me grace to be here, yeah, you know what God did, yeah and and it 's amazing because I remember exactly the place where it happened. I could go there today and put a memorial to that place where it happened. It was a certain place in front of one house, nothing special about it, but for me, very special because in that spot, all of a sudden, God gave me a desire to be there. It was amazing. All of a sudden, I loved everything. I just loved to be there. I could not want to be anywhere in the world but there. And it was God who did that. God gives us desires, And it's God's grace if we discern that. Because maybe we are living a very dynamic life, and maybe we are very busy, and maybe we are seemingly doing a lot. But then God brings us to the place where he is (coughs) giving us something that the world cannot give. And it is those God's desires. Like, uh, we often speak about the heart of God and the, and the plan of God and, and of course, God's love is for people. God would go all the way to the cross because of people. Why wouldn't I climb to the next mountain for people? Why wouldn't I put my convenient lifestyle aside because of people? Why wouldn't I forget about my rights and my needs and my my ideas for the people? But that's what missions is about. I give up something in order to receive the desire of God. And I like that word desire, desire, like something like it's something French with it or something. It's a beautiful word. And God has a desire. God has something that he wants to pass on to us. God has a message, and God gives us that message to pass on. And in our life, we have choices, we have priorities, and we actually end up doing the will of God. We want to do the will of God. This is the will of God that you believe. This is the will of God that you believe and you come and continue coming and continue believing. And I love this thought that when people don't know what they're talking about and and people talk a lot, then God gives us words to say. It happens when we travel often that that we are in situations when we don't know somebody, but we meet them, and then God gives a word for us, and it's not our idea. It's not something that the whole world is talking about but it is something very special. The Holy Spirit gives to us not just ideas and information, but desires and motivation and an ability to think with God. I live in a beautiful area of the world. I'm really thankful for this country of Oman, where I'm living at the moment, and I'm really thankful to the people of Oman because they're very beautiful people. They're like so beautiful. <laughs> and, and one thing that, that, that characterizes the Omani people is their humility. And I want to believe that it's real because the Bible gives a promise that the humble shall hear. I ask you just to pray for Oman, pray for that nation, because it's a beautiful nation and God has a plan and a plan of salvation for that nation. Whatever has been there or whatever is there, it doesn't matter to God, but what matters is that people are lost without Jesus Christ. We have Yunus here from Oman, he's a beautiful friend. And we want, I want you to know him, get to know him, go and touch him. (laughs) I have all these hundred people, hundreds of people come and touch you. Because I want you to meet him and, and, and continue praying for Oman. Because, um, we are there. Why? Because God has given us a desire to serve that nation. God has given us a desire to love that nation. God has given us a desire to to reach that nation. There's no other reason for me and our Greater Grace Church to be there. So thank you for your prayers, and I'm looking forward to celebrating harvest. Isn't harvest like celebration also? Yeah, this has been a celebration for me to be with you and, and just to uh, really... Uh, When I come here because of Pastor Scheller's, mainly because of Pastor Scheller's role in my life as my spiritual father and my covering, I really come like I would come to home, and I come home, and I'm thankful to God for that. And thank you for being at my home. Amen.